I was asked today, what's the least surprising thing in this year's NBA playoffs? And the answers were pretty easy. That both the Warriors and the Cavs were up 2-0 in their series. LeBron James is the best player in basketball. He is the only superstar in the Eastern Conference. And while Cal Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are good players, they're not great players. And Dwayne Casey is imploring a failing strategy by guarding LeBron James one-on-one. Last night, in a must-win game two, the Cavaliers blew out Toronto 128-110. to LeBron went for 43 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists. And Dwayne Casey still wanted to single cover him. Now, LeBron's a great passer. But I'm of a simple mindset. If he's going to beat me, he's going to beat me because he's going to get about 25 or 30 assists or at least the opportunity to have 25 or 30 assists because I would trap him or double him every single time he touches the ball. But that's not even the biggest problem because the truth of the matter is the Raptors just don't have the heart or the will to compete with the Cleveland-led LeBron James Cavaliers. They're scared. With LeBron's ability to post and dominate the game as an individual talent, it's just crazy that Dwayne Casey would elect to single cover him. Um, what makes this more, more puzzling is the fact that he's guarding him with guys that LeBron doesn't have to guard on the other end. It's a losing strategy. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying I'm shocked or surprised that the Cavs are up 2-0. Again, there's a reason why LeBron doesn't care if he's the number one seed in the East. Why should he? Last year, the Celtics were the number one seed in the East. But no one thinks Isaiah Thomas is a superstar or was a superstar or was close to the player LeBron James is. The truth of the matter is, Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics' best player, wasn't better than the Cavaliers' second best player. That would be Kyrie. Or that used to be Kyrie. The point I'm making is to be shocked that the Cavs are up 2-0 on Toronto is kind of, it's funny, it's a joke. I expect the Cleveland Cavaliers to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals again. Plain and simple. And it's partly because how great a player LeBron is. It's also partly because there's nothing in his way. If there's been a surprise in the playoffs, it's been the Celtics. Not because we didn't know they were a good team all along. It's the fact that they're playing without their best player, their second best. They're, they're actually playing without two all-star caliber players. But because Brad Stevens is such a good coach, because the Celtics play team defense the way they do, and then on offense, they share the ball. And then you have young talents like Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown along with Jason Tatum playing above and beyond their years this Celtic team, team is going to be a problem going forward I, I don't know if they have enough to beat Cleveland in a series and I'm not saying the, I'm not even saying the series with Philly is over because I'm actually a little shocked I, I, I thought Boston versus Philly would be a 7 game series because I was pitting Philly's 2 superstar talented young players versus Boston's overall team 
concept. And I thought that would make it a seven-game series. But with Terry Rozier outplaying Ben Simmons and Al Horford holding his own versus Joel Embiid, Philly's in a must-win situation. Now they have to win game three or this series is over. It's, it's been a little surprising because, again, you're playing without your two best players, but this Boston team has zero quit in them. And really, anybody that's watched this series, the one thing that stands out that maybe no one saw, Boston actually has more athletes than Philly does. Their athleticism and all the mismatches that they create has really hurt Philly on the, in the defensive side of the ball. I'm not sure Philly can... I know Philly will play better offensively in Philly. I just don't know if they can stop Boston because of the mis, the mismatches, especially when they cross-match. And you have someone like a Marco Bellinelli guarding Jason Tatum on the wing, or you get a big like Embiid trying to guard Rozier in space. Brad Stevens has been great at creating cross-matches that favor his team. He isn't the greatest coach in the league, obviously, but... And he doesn't have Pop's resume, but right now today, he's one of the two best coaches in the league. He's that good, and this team is playing that well. I expect Philly to win game three, and then um, all the money is going to be on game four. I expect them to go into Embiid more and play through him. He's been their best player in this series, which isn't surprising. I mean, what is surprising is the effort of Ben Simmons in game two and how much he was off the floor and how much better the Sixers actually looked with Ben Simmons off the floor. Uh, ben Simmons has got to step up. He's got to play a lot more aggressive. He's got to use his size and get in the post more. If Ben Simmons isn't going to play aggressive, the Sixers can't win this series. Last night, Embiid went for 20-14 and 14 with five assists versus what Al Horford did. Horford went for... 15 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists of his own. Al Horford has been a really difficult matchup for Joel Embiid because he plays so far from the basket, and it, it's a struggle for Embiid to guard him in space that far away. I think that's one of the reasons why the Celtics have been able to like get to the basket as much as they have is because the versatility of Al Horford. He's their best player but he, he really is their leader, their glue guy. Terry Rozier has probably been the most surprising player in all of these playoffs so far. Rozier is playing at an all-star level, and his confidence right now is next level. Ben Simmons has not only got to play better, he's got to win that matchup going away, or there's no way Philly will win this series. Utah versus the Jazz is not really that surprising for me. Because the, the Jazz are kind of like a mirror image of the Celtics in the sense that they have no quit in them. They move the ball around. And they just find ways to win games. And it's always next man up. Not to mention it doesn't hurt having a rookie who plays like a veteran. Donovan Mitchell is a terrific player. His ability to take people off the dribble, to make and take big, big shots, is amazing. He, he by far is the leader of the Utah Jazz, and he's a rookie. I think the struggle for the Rockets is they don't really have a good matchup for him, and they don't know how to slow him down. And you would think with James Harden, with Chris Paul, and Clint Capella, 
the Rockets would be able to win this series easy, but series aren't played on paper. The truth of the matter is Utah has done a pretty good job of controlling Chris Paul. And even though Clint Capella's numbers are pretty good, he hasn't really dominated this series. Rudy Gobert has more than held his own by averaging 13 points and 11 rebounds. Joe Ingles has been shooting the lights out for Utah all playoffs long. He's averaging 21 points in two games versus the Rockets, and he's shooting over 60% from three. So this Utah team is going to be a problem for the Rockets, and you're going back to Utah 1-1? I think the winner of game three is going to be the winner of this series. Golden State's up 2-0 on the Pelicans. So obviously... Most of the people I'm speaking with or I've heard from has told me it's over. It's a sweep. I'm not so sure. I know that the Warriors have looked really impressive the first two games with Kevin Durant averaging over 27 points, nine rebounds, four and a half assists with Draymond Green averaging a triple double, 18, 12 and 11. Steph comes off the bench in game two and gives you 28 and seven. That's crazy. Then don't forget about Clay Thompson, the silent assassin, 18 points, six rebounds. It seems like an uphill battle and a little too much for the Pelicans. And I agree overall, there's no question Golden State has more talent. But what I would say is the Pelicans actually did everything they wanted offensively in game two. They scored more points in the paint. They got to the basket more. They got more fast break points. The only thing they didn't do is get to the free throw line. And ultimately, that really was the difference in the game. I expect Anthony Davis to play much better at home. I expect Drew Holiday to put up, put up big numbers. And Rondo, even though they've lost and they're down 0-2, the man's averaging 15 points, 11 assists, and over 7 rebounds a game. He's done pretty much what he's wanted to do. The challenge for the Pelicans is, they can't win if Anthony Davis just plays like an all-star, which is what he did in games one and game two. They need AD to play at a superstar level like he did versus the Blazers. If they get that AD, along with some help from Drew Holiday and Rondo, I expect the Pelicans to get back into this series. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast